0: We made a deal back on Elvis. We both said, look, this is great working together. It's a real great team, but let's base everything on the material. If the material works for both of us, okay, we can do it, but you know, if you're not sure about something and I'm not sure about something, don't do it, no hard feeling.
1: To Midnight Video's Doomsday Clock, a Krakatoa countdown of movies with the cult condition with your hosts, me, Jim Hall.
0: And me, Phil Walsh. Tonight, with the hands poised at five minutes to midnight, we climb aboard the Pork Chop Express, plant wicked lampshades on our heads, and pick our sides in a celestial struggle for John Carpenter's Big Trouble
1: in Middle China.
0: John Carpenter. In the Mouth of Madness. The,
1: yeah. Um, I very much enjoyed reviewing that, but this was another of our listeners vote, director's choice ones, which got
0: a lot of, um, lot of love. A film you're pretty familiar with? From a very young age. I think yeah. from when it first came out, it was one of those like videos that everyone started, just from the cover, amazing video cover. Was, you got to watch this film. You've got to watch this film at school. And then we are all like having dreams of doing the moves not doing Kim Cattrall. <laughs> no, it was never like any of that was lost on me as a child. Ah, <sighs> poor boy. Goat butts against the hedge, and its horns become entangled. Stopping off in San Francisco, truck driver Jack Burton just wants to pick up his winnings from card playing chum Wang Chi. But the pair are soon caught up in a plot involving faisty lawyer Kim Cattrall, a decrepit magician seeking eternal life, rival street gangs, the mystical triumvirate of the three storms, and a well-dwelling monster.
1: Very happy memories of 1986, I think, when this came out. Um, I was at high school Monday nights at the Canon Cinema, Redditch, which had the Canon logo. You know, the, the... Nice. Yeah, yeah. Embedded in the carpets. Embedded um, in the carpets. It was cheap nights on a Monday. I think it's probably a quid. Really cheap. Where me are and those my... days gone? Mm, come to Peck and Plek sometime. <laughs> you like it. No, very happy memories of that. I'd always go... We'd, we'd, me and my friend Steve would go every Monday. Something I'd just have to say about Steve, who I'm still good mates with. When we were kids, Aliens came out. 1986, I would have been 14. We were desperate to see this because we were such big fans of Alien. We were clearly a few years too young to watch it. There was a Monday night showing of. What? Alien. Big Trouble? No, 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 Aliens. Oh, right. Okay. Aliens. Okay. Certificate okay. 18. Hmm. I turned up and just thought I'd kind of tough it out, see if Winky. we could get in. Steve turned up with his translucent teenage moustache, uh, each hair coloured in with his mother's mascara.
0: <laughs> did you get in
1: oh we got in yeah they didn't give the monkeys but I feel terrible that I then told everybody at school the next day about this. <laughs> that was very mean of me I, d- I doubt Steve's going to listen to this but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm really sorry in retrospect <laughs> sort of 27 years later or whatever it is no very happy memories of watching this because it's a bit of a ramble but other films watched at the time were things like gremlins mm-hmm. not gremlins sorry uh, what was the rip-off? Critters. Um, right, I remember lots of adverts for The Golden Child, which is relevant to this, because I think John Carpenter had an issue. that it, This was one of his breakouts. Um, he'd, he'd been given the keys to Hollywood. He was, he was given this film, and it turned out that there was another Asian mythology kind of based action movie coming out at the same time. Aimed at kids. Aimed at kids <laughs> with, with uh, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> I remember loving this at the time, forgetting all about it, and probably yeah, because at that point I knew who John Carpenter was, but then afterwards probably got a bit more earnest and serious, thought he was the horror guy who did Halloween and the thing. And da, da, da. now I look back, and I'm going to say this is one of my absolute favourite Carpenter films. By there's really this in the thing. Yeah. Well, all right, the thing does beat it. You know the thing does beat it, but uh, oh, this it is, is amazing. I really, the uh, it's Amanda. contentious I, for you.
0: Yeah, for me, I grew up with this. This hmm. was like the first carpenter I saw at uh, like seven years old or whatever. This was one of those. Like I said before, you go to the video shop and you look at video covers and everyone knew Big Trouble in the Little China everyone was just talking about it it's just like have you, have, has anyone seen this have you uh, yeah, yeah yeah I saw it last night and there's that bit at the end where, uh, and it, it's
1: like, it everyone was of,
0: like we need to watch it we need to see this film it is full of what about the bit when yeah it is it, 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 it's like it's like Arnie films from that period kind of thing. it's really just but it, it it's just below that sort of it's really violent, and your parents might say, No, this is just they they kind of your parents are watching there with you and be like, Oh, yeah, we'll get away with that.
1: The mid 80s seemed like a very specific time when you'd had Star Wars and Alien, and you'd had that thing of either doing Star Wars rip offs or very violent science fiction horror films. And in the 80s, I think I did mention this when we reviewed Howard the Duck there was a period of a few years when everything was about whimsical fantasy, mm. and it was Ghostbusters, Gremlins, Back to the Future. And this is often overlooked, but I think that's absolutely part of that, you know. And watching it again recently for this show, I've thought this for ages, but it's it's so fucking nuts, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Unexpectedly. Because I think I watched it in the pictures and thought, yeah, it, it's a good effects, you know, it's got some rubber effects in it. This is when I was 14, for God's sakes. Um... <laughs> it's got some over effects in it, so it's fun. And watching that you, know, you realize quite how off the wall it is. It's it's absolutely fantastic. I yeah, you know, what more of a review
0: do I want to put for this? Oh, I, it's just I really, really love this, but um it doesn't I'm make much sense from the offset, you know. That's you've got what's this
1: so great about it though, it's it you have, doesn't uh, apologize or explain itself. And that's why it's it does it's though at
0: the beginning because you have this uh, bit where uh
1: Egfu, yeah, um, Victor Wong.
0: Yeah, who... uh, They had to put this in, in post-production, because apparently no-one felt that... uh, Anyone who was watching... You know, the MPAA, you know, you have to go through all these sort of levels of... you know, how can this be appeal to the American view? Yeah. Or how's it going to affect my child? And they, <laughs> were, they were, affect my child. they were all like, no, no, we, we can't relate to him as a hero. So they had this sort of uh, book ending thing yeah. where he has to say, he was a great hero, Jack Burden. And th- uh, originally, John Carpenter was like, no, no, we don't have that. Because if you listen to the commentary, like, there's <laughs> like uh, Carpenter and. Uh, Kurt Russell turns around and says, like, Oh, yeah, I don't remember doing this bit. he's like, Well, you're not in it. He's like, Oh, why? And he says, Because we've got to explain it. You know, the MPA says that. He's <laughs> like, Oh my God! What the fuck is that shit about? <laughs> it's brilliant. He's got carpenters just going off his head. And I... Kurt Russell is just like, So anti everything. I'm amazed to hear this
1: because um, when I watched that opening again recently, I thought. Typical carpenter he has to do a flashback you know kind of or didn't sorry present it, yeah. day opening and the rest of it's all in flashback because that's very much mouth of badness and uh it seems like a typical kind of device he'd use I didn't know that was completely um no i didn't it, w- it didn't
0: want it. Because
1: um, doing some research on this, this is this is Carpenter's big Hollywood budget, uh, yeah, big budget movie. but he completely hated the experience. Did I think he quite likes the film still, but oh, he, he yeah, regards yeah. it as it was such an uphill struggle to get it made. And I think it's some kind of tribute to him that it's still very much a John Carpenter film. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's not like I it's been. It it's not been totally. you know, It's not been ground down into something um, uh, homogenized. And it's not just because Kurt Russell's in it, but. <laughs> You know, think we've been a bit well, I've been a bit harsh on Kurt Russell in the past, but um or John Carpenter. But this is such a different movie to the thing. This is I love the fact that this is so very clearly tongue in cheek. The fact that the the Asian mysticism in it just sort of comes out of nowhere and you're just you're left to kind of deal with it. <laughs> and I think that didn't really strike me when I was a kid watching it. You just kind of accept it. But now you're watching it thinking, This would never happen now. There'd have to be someone saying oh this is what's happening in this scene but it's when it just goes from being um, it's kind of building up towards something that's going to be a bit of chop socky and you've got the street gangs and you're kind of used to that from martial arts movies when the three storms <laughs> 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 which obviously I've watched some more films <laughs> since I first saw this so I'm, I'm I'm guessing that's a direct lift from things like Shogun Assassin isn't it with the um,
0: yeah, and, uh, Master of Fine Guillotine yeah. and all those like Old school Hong Kong movies, but the fact they just come
1: down on you don't see the wires, but it's meant to look like that, isn't it? It's not meant to be, you know. Well, it's
0: like Raiden, like the yeah. the thunder god in Mortal Kombat, he comes yeah. down on the. It. But it's interesting to note that uh, this was originally conceived as a western. You know, like uh, Burton's character is like the guy from out of town, mm-hmm. and you know, he even has like saddlebags when he's like betting and stuff he's got him over his shoulder you know there's no sort of hiding that fact that it's like a stranger in a strange town kind of thing yeah
1: because it's a weird credit at the beginning when they list the two guys writing and it says adaptation by uh, W.R. Richter is it I think yeah I haven't bought my notes sorry um you may hear this over several shows but we're all recording them in one check <laughs> he was the guy who did um, Buckaroo Banzai yep, I think for yep. some time this might have been considered as a sequel to it wasn't it yeah yeah it is, was um,
0: this was his, uh, his, and his it's got baby a, it's got a similar
1: tone hasn't it
0: totally Yeah. I, I mean if anyone likes Buckaroo Banzai then <laughs> yes. you're onto a winner with this basically. <laughs> Kurt Russell brilliant Astonishing! He's just, without the angst of his role in the thing... Or Escape from New York. Yeah, he's yeah. just got it all here. He's just like, well, you know, I'm Jack Burden. <laughs> he's well, just got
1: to... A, he's, he's, a, he's a meathead. I mean, this was a great thing... Watching it, which you know, you, again, it's it's great watching films when you're a kid and then watching them sometime later, possibly, hopefully, a little bit wiser. <laughs> to have Films are done. He's a he's a, yeah he's a lug, isn't he? And reading up on the film, I think Carpenter's idea was that he's actually meant to be the sidekick, isn't he? The main yeah, character yeah, yeah. is the um, going be uh... Dennis Dunn's character, uh, yeah. Wang Chi. It's more that we're seeing the film from the perspective of the American guy who doesn't really know what he's doing, and yeah, you know, indeed, there are several scenes when he's. Hindrance, or he's sent in to do the donkey work while the other guys are, are planning out the actual main yeah, kind of. He's just always attack.
0: highlighted as not being the hero. Yeah. He's got this opportunity to sort of like take out people, and because he very falls much on his ass and like can't <laughs> yeah. find the magazine to the gun, or he loses his knife, and
1: yeah, I mean obviously he has, he has plenty of opportunities to shine. But um, no, that's interesting, and he's kind of very much based on John Wayne, isn't
0: he? Yeah. You're not going to follow that up. (laughs) Marion. (laughs) Marion. Marion Wyatt, yeah. (laughs) Although
1: I read that Carpenter, when he heard that The Golden Child was coming out, wanted someone bigger. He thought, Golden Child's coming out, we need someone to really break this This as a big box office movie. And he wanted either um, Clint Eastwood or Jack Nicholson. (laughs) But
0: they just wouldn't have done what Kurt did. I think that would have tailored the script to them a little bit the best thing about case it's, it's all tailored to him though everything just works out perfectly it flows so well the way i look at this film it's just it's so patchwork but kind of fits together no, all the, the time
1: that that unevenness is something i really love in it i love feeling like i'm completely off-kilter with it and like <laughs> it's like that that scene when you think it's just going to be a kung fu movie between rival gangs but the three storms <laughs> <laughs> turn up <laughs> Out of the heavens, start doing the whole shit with the electricity. I love that. Then it just escalates to stuff like the main villain in this is... Um, Lopi. Yeah, David Lopin, who's uh, he's a businessman, but he turns out to be this sorcerer who's trying to go for eternal life. But and he's, no one knows who he is kind of thing as well. It's brilliantly done. And there's, you know, obviously a lot of time over the, the, the shows we've done, we've, we've, um, we've, we've had short shrift with CGI and really loved mechanical effects. One of the beautiful effects in this is when you think it's the actor in prosthetics when he can, he turns totally translucent, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. and his nails grow. Oh man! So, I, I just
0: sound like a fanboy. <laughs> <I just, laughs> That's the best way to sound about sometimes, yeah. Sometimes like. No, it seems uh, power over you. It seems totally unique. You know, there's like uh, all the like boring dialogue scenes are actually like really involving you. You're quite interested in them because the thing that Carpenter always does is like he just puts loads of music in there. He just really builds up stuff, like builds up.
1: It has those Carpenter things because I I remember when we reviewed Mouth of Madness, I was quite vocal about his music. (laughs) It's here as well. It's got that really crappy eighties guitar. Like guitar gray, playing, though. but it completely works with the film. You know? Yeah. Other great things, you know. Kim Catrell 's actually really good in this, and she reminds me a lot of Melody Anderson as Dale Arden in the Flash Gordon movie. Okay, yeah, <laughs> she, yeah, yeah. She's, yeah, again, yeah. she's very sassy. It's that weird
0: naivety, though. As and, well. um,
1: I'm not going to say Carpenter's dropped a clangor at the end when the romance doesn't really resolve itself. I think it's kind of in keeping oh, with the rest of good. the film. Did you did you know who the other actress was who played the uh, the journalist Margot? Do
0: I know her or mm. do I recognise her? Are you aware of who <laughs> she is? And no,
1: Kate Burton, daughter of
0: Richard Burton. Richard Burton's
1: daughter. Yeah. <sighs> if only he'd lived a few it's years so, longer, he all could have so seen So much this. better all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> I always
0: loved this film, but yeah,
1: no, it's got an extra level of Burton in it. <laughs> Jesus. Man. Alright, there's gonna be some obvious pitfalls here where Carpenter could be quite racist. <laughs> Not Carpenter, anyone directing this script could possibly be racist. Do you think they managed to avoid that?
0: Uh maybe having uh Wang Chi. Victor Wong. Wang Chi Well Wang
1: Chi as I say is the main guy, uh, Dennis Dunn. Yeah, he actually does most of the uh, the kickass in there and he's not just that. Actually, I don't want to be patronizing. He's, he's like got his, he knows what's going on as well,
0: doesn't he? Yeah, he knows what's going. on Everyone knows what's going it's on. Jack, got it's, like it's the Kurt Russell character
1: who's a bit clueless and just sort of going along with it. Yeah,
0: I think Kurt Russell sort of is the foil. Yeah, really. And that's, that's however our like. attention's on him. I like the fact that he's just like the dumb hick <laughs> throughout it all. I really love the set design
1: in this as well. And Do you, I, you like the neon? Except for the neon. Yeah. And it's the escalator going, mm, into the mouth of the skull. Yeah, this, that's the bad set. Throughout it, you're going, this is great. And it's actually a lot more gruesome than you might expect because there's, there's the great bit when they... Um, do they come out of the lift and go underwater, but there's loads of kind of... Um,
0: no, they're in the lift and it becomes Yes, rotting, full of water. rotting corpses underneath <laughs> the ceiling this is a lot more horrific than I expected
1: <laughs> throughout it, great set design really good costume design and then there's this bit of a letdown with the neon around the skull at the end
0: no I like that, I like that design because it does capture like when I went to Hong Kong like a few years ago, there was this sort of like tackiness, but it, there's something quite imposing about it as well where you're just like, oh my god really, would people have that much neon <laughs> and they do Carpenter, as much as he's gone by the wayside over the years, those first 15 years of his filmmaking are just quite astonishing.
1: That's a good note to end on. So, um, actually, what time is it? Have you got a watch on?
0: It is now officially 10 past midnight.
1: The first time we've actually done midnight video in uh, a <laughs> properly midnight capacity. Smart time. <laughs> okay, hope you enjoyed that. We'll Thanks see you again listening. next time.
0: Well, Goodbye. If, if there isn't next time. Then you have some savvy English. Hey, man, who is this guy? All right, all right. You got any guns? Well, not against Lopan. but here, here's one for you. Make you feel better like Dirty Harry. You can feel the wind is rising, baby, now the truth is here.